Aloha and good day. This is Clint Hansen with Maui Real Estate Radio, and you're listening to us on the KAOI Radio Group, broadcasting Monday, 7 a.m. at 11.10 a.m. radio, and there's a few other stations in there. Um, I would love to talk to you today about, of course, everything that King's Cathedral is doing and how they're working to benefit the community. Uh, their main location survived, but unfortunately, one of their locations on the west side has uh, unfortunately succumbed to the fire. Uh, so, of course, before we start, I want to always introduce uh, Byron Yap, my co-host. Say hello, Byron. Hello there. How are you? We got. I'm excited because we have Pastor Shannon Morocco from uh, King's Cathedral, and I'm excited to learn how they acted in the beginning, what they're doing for the community, and how we can get this word out. All right. And uh, Shannon, you want to introduce yourself and uh, some of the great work you do? Awesome. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Shannon Morocco. I'm one of the pastors here. I pastor alongside my husband, Josh Morocco, and uh, was born and raised here in Maui. My parents still live up in Kula in the same house. I was born home from the hospital. So born and raised and uh, actually being a part of the church is from a young girl. And so it's really a part of my life, um, this island and our church. And I'm so um, privileged and honored to be serving um, this island and, and still be where I'm, I grew up. All right. So tell us, uh, A, you know, some of the humble beginnings and uh, how you were able to grow to your current location right now. Wow, yes. Well, in 1980, um, Dr. Morocco and Pastor Colleen, our global senior pastors, moved from Honolulu to Maui uh, with just a handful of people. That first year became the fastest growing church in the nation. Uh, they were tearing down walls the first Sunday, and God really showed up and, and moved powerfully on this island. And from there, it didn't just stop in Maui, but the Lord spoke to Dr. to Pastor um Maui County, which was Lanai and Molokai. And that's where the vision of one church in many locations started. And now we're over, we're one church in over 600 plus locations all over the world. Um, he actually, Dr. Morocco is flying back from the Philippines right now. We have a hundred plus churches in the Philippines alone. And it's amazing to see um, how we are a multi-ethnic church, a multi-generational church, um, from generation to generation. So obviously you can tell by our last name that my husband, that is my husband's parents. And so we're now taking on and grabbing that baton and, and uh, following in their wonderful footsteps. It's a beautiful story. So uh, tell us about the, uh, your location in Lahaina. Yeah. So Lahaina has been a part of one of our first extensions years ago. I think it's been over 30 years that we've been there. Um, and that was in the middle of us building the cathedral. And that was a hard season. You know, it used to be just uh, sugarcane land. And Dr. Marco saw that uh, the cathedral, that property, and in the middle of trying to build a very big building, he still had the vision to reach every part of the island. And so we started that church, and it's a thriving church of probably uh, 250 plus people throughout the weekend wow. and midweek and Filipino service, Spanish service. And unfortunately, through the fires, we lost not only our church, but our two of our pastor's homes and many of our ministers and as well as all congregation members. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, of course, the the hardest part of this is not only the personal, but uh, the actual loss of life, you know, between yes. the members and the stories that are coming out of this is really the most difficult thing. But one thing I haven't really seen discussed enough is the loss of community, because right now, Lahaina's people have been scattered all over the island, and they're readjusting yeah. to, you know, uh, a new community, you know, new schools, uh, schools that really weren't as interconnected, you know, necessarily as Lahaina. 
Um, and it's a very disorienting, difficult time. I mean, honestly, it's to me, the the sense of belonging has been just ripped from along of these people. So it's it's nice to see, you know, the church coming out and reconnecting with the people and, and try to recreate that sense of community. So thank you for everything yeah. you're doing. Yes. Well, I, one great testimony is, um, you know, the fires happened and, you know, where, where do, where does our line of congregation meet? Well, some, uh, somebody very generous opened up, um, Oluwalu that one of the homes there and oh, wow. the second Sunday after the fires. So they missed one Sunday and they came to the cathedral, but the second Sunday they met at this house and it was over 200 people and they were there this Sunday. And so we're trying wow. to continue to, to create that community and that place, like you said, of belonging and the people that they're, they're used to being with. And it's just, it's amazing. We're grateful that that happened. Now, question is when we got you got the first call the church did of hey there's a huge fire there's a catastrophe happening in Lahaina I'd like to know the first 24 hours of the thinking of the church how the mobilization went because a lot of people you know I just all of a sudden okay it's coming let's go you know how, how, what happens when you heard about the fire yes. and things like well that? actually it, you know um one of our pastors got a call from a, a bus driver that was um, a tour driver that had just taken a bunch of um, visitors or tourists from Hana and um, they couldn't get back into Lahaina and she didn't know where to take them. It's in, it's at night. And, and so they called us because her son comes to our church and we scrambled with just a few staff members, grabbing pews from our sanctuary, putting them together, making beds. And that's where our shelter and uh, initiative to help the community was birthed. From there, um, uh, of course, residents and people were sleeping in our parking lot because where our church is, you know, obviously it's that road to Lahaina is right there. And we just began to start feeding people morning, noon, and night, giving them all their, their essentials and donations that came in would give back out ministering to them physically and spiritually first aid 24 hour first aid we had nurses doctors come in it was incredible how the community came together i mean we had helicopters flying in from big island Mauna Loa helicopter saying we're bringing supplies they they landed four helicopters in different times on our wow. field right in the church we have um containers coming from all over the world so you know one thing the Lord showed to me just the other day is that in that word community the last part of that word is unity and I've really seen that unity of our community now one of the nice things Clint, I don't know if you heard this story I heard this and I want you to maybe clarify because I might be wrong on it there was someone there helping that lost their home, wasn't from the church. Can you explain? Is, is that a is that a story I'm hearing correctly? Oh, absolutely. Actually, our own pastors, our leaders, our congregation members are have been some of the ones that have come. They've lost everything and they were there serving. I mean, we were there from morning all the way to night actually 24 hour we had people doing overnight shifts to make sure that everything was protected and there was safe safety and so that is where i am just a, astonished at the resolve and the tenacity and the perseverance of our people that they would even in losing everything they're serving and they're helping that being said um he he specifically mentioned uh, people that weren't members of the the congregation that came forward. So it sounds like this is not just something for the church. That it's been you know a community focal point, like people coming together from all over. 
Oh, yes. We've had like over 400 plus volunteers every day. And these are people that just heard what we're doing and came in and served. And even people that were on vacation, maybe say in Kihei or Wailea, I would introduce myself, thank them for serving. And then they would, I was like, where are you from? And they're like, oh, we're just visiting, but we felt compelled to come and help. So not only just local, not only in our church and locally, but also abroad, people came. Um, I had lots of people fly in that were born and raised in Hawaii, but now are living in the mainland. Vegas, you know, Washington, wherever, flew in just to help to surf. So how does it go with uh, your Kahului location? Like, I know that you have multiple locations throughout the world, but how many members do you serve out of Kahului? Oh, my goodness. I'm sure really thousands. Um, we have yeah. multiple services in Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We have, like I said, multi-ethnic services, um, Spanish, Marshallese, Polynesian, Filipino. <laughs> I, you know, it can go on. Um, and, you know, a lot of our rooms turned into these rooms with, you know, housing the non-perishables. And I mean, our 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 building is full. And so we've been, you know, organizing and, you know, trying to find space, but we didn't, we haven't stopped church either. We, you know, we'll make a way where there is no way to meet the need of the people, but also continue to, we believe it's so important to continue the worship services because it's in those places where we, we've been praying for the families that have lost everything, that have lost their loved ones. There's a hope, there's faith, there's, you know, linking arms together and crying on each other's shoulders. There's, that's part of the healing process. And we realize that, you know, it's not just responding to the immediate, it's going, okay, this is going to be a long-term recovery and healing from this traumatic event. Clint, I bet you didn't know, during this, they even changed out all the carpet in the church. (laughs) As a shelter, as a donation point, they changed all the carpet. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was already on the schedule. Yeah, that was on the schedule, and the team that the the company that came in and did it, they just came and worked, you know, for two days, three days straight. It should have took like five or six, and I mean, it's just incredible. We're about ready to have one of our annual conferences called the Power Conference, so we actually have our pastors flying in from all over the world. We do this three times a year, um, and we know that we're we're positioning ourselves to really, you know, hear from the Lord, but also we know that as we get refreshed, we refresh others. And I love what my no. husband said. He he preached this one sermon that he says, we're a church that intercedes, which prays, but we're a church that intervenes. We take action as well. And I love how he put that. Now, the church is transitioning from a shelter. Is there still distribution? And tell us what's happening across the street, because we, we're hearing all these rumors, you know, this and that kind of well, what is happening now? Yeah, so I mean, about a week ago, week and a half ago, we were able to transition all those that were sheltering with us into hotels, and we're so grateful for that. We've stayed in touch with them, and we continue to bring things out to them when needed. They still call us. They, We fell in love with all the people that just came and really built relationship. Um, we have continued as a distribution center of receiving donations on certain days, but also giving whatever is needed, either directly or indirectly, people who've been affected. Um, but across the street, the church bought 10 acres of property a few years ago. Um, We have future plans and 
a vision for that. But as of now, we know that God has ordained it for such a time as this to provide a, you know, interim homes for people that have to rebuild their homes. So we've pretty much leased that property to Family Life Center, which is our social service arm of our church. They have been a part doing, um, helping with the homeless and housing people for, I think, 30 plus years. And they're really taking the lead on that project. And we've brought in these singular family modular homes that can be either singular or put together. We have so many people coming together on this. It's remarkable. Um, At the end, I believe it's about 150 to 200 of those continents modular units. And I think it will house about 80 plus families. Um, We're creating, uh, the the architectural design is, is amazing. And going to be a community for families. Um, We're seeing people donate. So if people want to give, that's an area to give. You can go to flcmaui.org. Also the church side, we want to help provide all the furnishings for those homes. So on our end, that's what we're, we're going to be serving to helping with that. Okay. So a couple questions about that. One family life center is uh, a subsidiary 501c3 of you guys then? Yes, it's a separate, it has it separate, it's a separate nonprofit, um, Uh but it was uh, really the heart of my father-in-law to create a social service arm of our church to be able to meet the needs of the community. And this is, of course, is something that had been established long before the fire. So with that 10 acres that you have there and those modular units that you have, 200, I would assume you could actually probably put more than 200 in that area? Yeah, you know, I I don't know all the details, you know, I don't want to give you wrong information okay but um the way that they set it up there's going to be garden there's going to be playground that you know it's there we're trying to create it's not going to be the dirt that you see just creating you know kind of little um um, who is basically of family pods that even if maybe you know we've seen this in lahaina multi-generational families have lost their home so in in the way that they've designed it is even a whole multi-generational family could live in kind of one of these hooey's that's amazing. I love that. I mean, that's kind of how Maui has has been. I mean, Maui is built on multi-generational households. We see them all over, you know, driving through these larger homes, you know, built around, you know, structured units with central kitchens. And, um, you know, the United States as a whole is starting to have to shift towards that with the obscenely high cost of housing. So, you know, obviously this is more on a temporary basis as we work to recover and, you know, rebuild and things of that nature. But overall, you know, it's something that the United States has really walked away from. A sense of communal living is is not common these days compared to like certain parts of the world. Um, the Netherlands, for example, uh, have these, uh, they're like... Um, uh, longhouses, but they're actually referred to as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the use them for a grocery store name. Anyway, I can't remember, but they have, you know, central kitchens with small kitchens inside. They have shared, uh, caretaking of children. That's a, you know, it's Ohana in every sense of the word. It's not necessarily family. It's people you're aligned with. Um, when you buy into, you know, one of these uh, units, you actually uh, are also talked to the members there and are accepted into kind of their group. So it's it's an awesome idea and concept to like see kind of re-evolve into the fabric of our society. And of course, I think that's really what comes down to building up any group 
or town or uh, people is, is the, the interconnectedness and in how we work together. So hopefully this will be the rebirth of, you know, yeah. a, a sense of community. Yes. And Clint, the, the name is Ohana Hope Village. And I All think right. it's perfect too. And you can go to ohanahopevillage.com and see the plans and on um, their social media, Family Life Center social media, they, they, they every day they're giving updates People, they let people ask questions on there. They're showing every step of the way. And it's really remarkable how people from all over are, are coming together to help with this project. And um, it just shows the power of community and unity and coming together and just responding immediately to such a great need. But um, And we know it's not forever, but it's, it's something that while people yeah. are rebuilding, they can have hope amidst Absolutely. even so much devastation. And there's actually a real estate term that we use. Uh, now, this, of course, is more of a community sense recovering from the disaster. But um, when it comes to ownership of real estate property and if it's split between multiple owners, uh, which there's only really some on Oahu, there's not really any here. Uh, they're called co-ops. So it's basically where you have cooperative living on a particular piece of land. So um, there's not land specifically zoned for co-ops. You know, there's something that's kind of the way back from the 70s uh, and not so much on Maui. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, if and how that evolves in the in the future. Yes. Well, and we're just believing for great things and just to be a place of refuge and a safe haven for people that have just lost so much. And, you know, that's one thing that um, when people did come, you know, we don't have the perfect facilities at the cathedral. You know, it's it's been here a long time, but we did our best to create such a comfortable place. And really, I think it was the love and the aloha and the, and just us sharing the love of Christ with people and praying and listening. And, you know, that's, that's really community. And I believe that we are going to be stronger. I'm wearing the the Maui Strong shirt. You All know? right. You got to be trust. So, you know, I think that the whole world sees Maui and our strength and the people's strength. And I know that, you know, God is our ever-present help in time of need. And we're, we're going to see some beautiful things even come out of the ashes of, of this horrific time. With, with everything and efforts that are people going forward right now, I see, of course, a, a wonderful outpouring of people, you know, opening their hearts, you know, uh, opening their wallets and, and, you know, donating lots of items. But one of the things it seems that I'm starting to see is an overburdening uh, and to just kind of dial back on the physical donations simply because storage is a, is a major function and difficult part of this process, especially with so many structures being burned down. So what are you seeing? What do you have? What do you not need? And what do you need? And, you know, obviously money is the best, but uh, what are items that you actually would need people to drop off? <laughs> if yes. Any? Actually, I would say at this point, we are, we've been so overwhelmed with the blessings that have come in. Um, of course, we always say like the non-perishables, you know, the water, all those things are always great because that's going to help people for a long time coming. And we realize that we're not, we're going to be here for a long time to help. Even with the economy, we see it. People don't have jobs. You know, people are not coming to Maui. So we want to create that. But Yes, the monetary right now is the biggest, especially for this project across the street. And even for us as a church, we're saying, okay, we're going to get the beds in there. We're going to throw furniture in there. We're going to get the fridges in there. We're going to get all the items that are needed. Um, so those are going to be some big ticket items. Or even if you're, you're a local business and you're hearing this and you can say, hey, I got couches or I got this, you know, reach out to us um, on kingscathedral.com. You can go there. We have a 
Maui Relief Fund set up right at the top if you'd want to give that way. Or like I said, if you feel led to give towards the Family Life Center, which is really the, the modular units and the, the, the infrastructure of what they're doing. But it's all going to help people and, and to really meet this need. Hey, Clint, do you know where these homes came from? The origin story is interesting. These modular homes, they came from Hungary. They need to bring them in and another C, what is it, C10? They need C7. to find C130. I saw, so there's yes. pictures that I see right now, the C130 dropping them out of their, you know, the nose opens up and then the, yes. they come out. And I was like, that's weird. Like, how did the church get connected? Because I saw the name on the side of the modular units and I'm like, are they connected? Did they get them from somewhere else? Do they already have them? So, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know every detail, but I'll share what I know. Continus is the this company that we're working through who is being so amazing, um, really stepping in. They have a, 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 the units in America, but they didn't have enough in stock. So they had some in Hungary. And so that's why they came from Hungary. And I believe the Hungarian government worked with us to fly that first C-17 over. But where we need prayer is we we have about 40 more that are needing to be flown in and we need that to, to happen. And so we're working through those details. Um, and like I said, the FLC team, Family Life Center team can give you all the exact info. So they, it might be a great to do an interview with them. They can give you the ever present updates on all those things, but it's pretty remarkable how the world is um, pulling together to help the, the people of Maui. That's a beautiful story. You know, it's kind of, it just, it's almost shocking in the sense to see all these different components having to come together and being forced. A, you know, I kind of, we all have this feeling of being ill-prepared for this on a governmental level, but the community kind of just way blew it out of the water, like totally stepped up and was able to meet those demands in a, in a surprisingly unorganized, but efficient manner, you know? <laughs> I was a little, every day we got more organized, got more systems because we, I mean, we had never done this before, but our team, can I just give a shout out to our staff and our team? They have worked tirelessly, sacrificially, hours upon hours. I mean, there's moments where we have to say, please go home and sleep. Like they would not leave because they're serving out of the love that's so deep in their heart. And, and that's just our, our KC. We, we work hard. We love hard and we, we serve hard. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm. I'm kind of curious, though, to see, you know, what you're doing now. There's certainly a lot of demand. I, I I find it particularly hard. And as I said, I think one of the biggest, most damaging things in this whole is the loss of community. You know, this this separation and breaking of long family and friendly ties. You know, Ohana is not just our blood. It's the people we surround ourselves with and we connect to. So, uh, you know... Uh, knowing stories of people that I'm close with, you know, friends having to, you know, that are making the decision to move to the mainland long, you know, uh, relationships that are just gone. And who knows if they'll ever be able to reconnect through this tragedy because the recovery process is going to be, you know, upwards of a decade and longer. So, um, you know, I think having, you know, kind of a, a uniform central location where people can come together and have a new sense of community is going to be essential to the recovery process. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, like, I see what you're doing here with this 10 acres. Is there any plans to do something closer to Lahaina or, you know, reconnect Lahaina's people? Because A, I think it's very stressful to be moving from hotel to hotel while hotel life's great for a week or two 
maybe three, after a while, you know, not having a sense of home and community is very degrading and difficult. I 100% agree. And it's 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 something that I know the government's trying to navigate as a church and community. We're all trying to do our part. Um, we would love to get back on our property in Lahaina, but I don't know when they're going to open that up. I don't know when it's going to be quote unquote safe. My husband initially wanted to create a whole hub right on our property for people to come and get whatever they need and be a place of support and, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, all that. But as we've seen the days progress, um, no one can go in to that area. And I don't know when we're going to be able to. Um, and so that's, uh, we're grateful though for that property in Uluwalu and that it will, will become a place maybe Beautiful. Uh, that people need to come and so, it's close, but it's, it's not in the burn area. Yeah. With the area that is in the burn area, how, how big is the land that you're on? Um, I want to say probably under an acre or maybe okay, about an acre. Time. It's not huge. It's right across from that huge smokestack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can see that smokestack and we were right across the street. Um, so it's a distribution of, center and, you know, community point, but, you know, couldn't house a bunch of people per se. Right. Right. And so again, with, with not having access, you just wonder, you know, what will be the next steps in the plan. Um, and so that's why we're trying to, Use what we got, you know, see see a need, fill a need, you know, create solutions out of problems. And I think it, everyone was going to start doing that, you know, and like you said, the community is, you know, risen up. I We were just out in a Peely Park where there's a pop-up hub from Councilwoman um, Tamara. And just to see how they've organized it, we got to connect with them and, you know, different areas, um, you know, people around the island. It's quite remarkable uh, to see people just take taking everything that happened and making something really great out of it yeah absolutely now we have uh about four minutes left in our show and i know that you have a great number of things you're doing all over the island uh i would love to for you to just kind of tell us in in closing like how exactly do you plan on you know facilitating this future journey in, in the upcoming decade you know Wow. Well, one thing I love about our church is we've been here 43 years. And um, my father-in-law has pretty much been through anything and everything you can imagine, um, you know, when it comes to whether it be hurricanes or whether it be, you know, COVID and all these things that we've had to endure that we're here to persevere and we know where our strength comes from. And I think that's allowed us to be here. Um, but also our people are, are prayer warriors. And I don't say that lightly. We know we're here as a church because of the, the prayer um, my husband actually just finished Prayer Walk Maui, which started the day before the fires, and he's literally walked the entire island, and people have gone with him. And I believe that that wasn't by accident. And we actually, this past Saturday, we walked out from, uh, what was it, Honokawai to Kapolua, Fleming's Beach, with 136 people on the highway praying. So we will continue to pray. We will continue to be here. We'll continue to intervene in the best way that we can with the resources that God gives us. We are here for the people. We are here for the families and we're here for the generations because I mean, like my husband and I, we're the product of the next generation and my kids are here. And so they're going to continue to take that on. And I, that is our church. We're set up like that. And so just like Hawaii is set up like that, I think that's Every day we're going to ask for wisdom and discernment and the guiding of the Lord. And, you know, he's faithful to help us. That's wonderful. Well, um, 
Byron, uh, last thing with your connection to the church and going there, I mean, I'm assuming this is not a bit of a surprise to see how it's come together to to help. <laughs> a, quick, a quick story on me. I, 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 when I first moved here, I, I went to the church in 91 from Oahu. Came here in 91. I left the church in 99. I came back last year. And what I've noticed is the biggest thing for me that's exciting is the the exuberance, the youthfulness to it. It's not like some churches, and there's nothing against it. They grow old with the people, and they grow old with the times. And to watch them mobilize, watch my 15-year-old daughter every day going there, and what do I need to do? Going there, to, and they're doing, you know, they're, they're putting carpet in. It's not stopping them. It was pretty amazing to watch, and I, I learned a lot, like, there was non-church people helping. It, it's not, it's a community event, a community organization, and Yes, God is driving the church and driving us, but watching them interact with, you don't have to be a Christian. They'll take you in, they'll help you. It's not, hey, you look this way or that way. They're there for the community. And I think it's important. And if you look where their location is, it's the center of Maui to me, and everybody sees it. Now you can see it for what it is. It's a, it's, it's a church for the people, by the people, with God, God assisting them. Beautiful. I love it. And I mean, I really think that's uh, very true when it comes to churches. They are, you know, the center of a community that comes together, that cares about the community. And the fact that God is a center is a wonderful thing to, you know, have a guiding principle in your life, regardless of your religious affiliation or none. It's it's nice yes. to have that place that people can go to that's safe and loving. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Can you close out again and, and reintroduce yourself to the end of our show? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Clint and Byron. You guys are a great blessing. And thank you for um, getting the story out because we do want to share the the story of hope and that we're going to get through this and we are strong. Maui's strong and God's strong. And so again, I'm Pastor Shannon Morocco uh, from King's Cathedral. And thank you so much for having me on. Yep. And Byron. Thank you. Yep. And they can be found on internet. How, how do people look you up before we close out? Yes, again, you? you can go to kingscathedral.com. There you'll find information about where if you feel led to give on the Maui Relief Fund, you know that your money is being put in a right place to help the people. Like I said, you also can check out ohanahopevillage.com and see that new project um, that is being spearheaded by Family Life Center. Their website is flcmaui.org. All right. And Byron. Aloha. Thank you, Clint. My pleasure. And I'm I'm Clint Hansen with Maui Real Estate Radio. You can listen to this and all shows at MauiRealEstateRadio.com or go to wherever you find your podcasts and or listen to it on the KAOI Radio Group, 7 a.m. Monday morning uh, at 1110 a.m. That's the radio station a.m. and all their affiliate stations as well. Aloha and have a great day.